Welcome to the STL Soccer Report. Brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. Alright, preseason first, uh, well, I don't know, is this considered season now? Now the first training started? No, it's still preseason. Still preseason. Yeah, because the games are first session. Yeah. A little colder than usual. How are we feeling about today? Yeah, I feel good. You know, as we said, it's been a long off season, even though it's been the shortest one in terms of number of days. Mm -hmm. uh, with the season starting earlier in uh, in USL here this year, it uh, because so many of our guys were signed early and we yeah. had done a lot of work. It seems like it's taken forever. So it's just good to see guys out here and seeing what they're uh, able to do and you know where what's our starting base. Yeah, I see 20 outfielder outfield players, uh, a couple guys maybe missing too. So we got plenty of guys out here, five of those academy kids. Tell me about what we got going today. Yeah, the only guy not training today would be uh, Sean Reynolds, I think. Mm -hmm. He's uh, just, you know, working his way back through a little bit of a tweak that happened uh, the lead up to preseason. But, yeah, everybody else is here. You know, no trialist in today, just uh, solely our guys that are under contract, including, you know, like you said, the academy guys. So it's uh, it's, it's good to kind of have the group ready from day one. And, uh, you know, it doesn't mean that there couldn't be some things, uh, additions or things throughout the season as always, but uh, this is this is who we are uh, today <laughs> and, and we're excited uh, about it. Yeah, lastly, let's just talk about preseason just to kind of remind, remind everyone what's happening. You guys are leaving for San Antonio and then we got a few games lined up. Yeah, so two weeks here in St. Louis. Uh, hopefully the weather keeps working with us. We got one really cold day this week, so we'll adjust and uh, and get over to Rams Park. Uh, our good friends at Lou Fuse will help take care of that for us, so that's uh, nice of them. And then a um, little inter-squad uh, game on Saturday, and then a week from Saturday we'll be down in Springfield against Oklahoma City, and then, like you said, a week in, in Texas. So, um, yeah, we got a good, a good setup in... You know, a lot of opportunities for people to see us play at home throughout the preseason, which I think uh, you know is important. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Jeremy. Yep. All right, it's preseason, everybody. Um, I know everyone's just kind of coming back. They're not like ready for the games. They're not like familiar with all the players. Jeremy, one of the biggest things I did with him yesterday was uh, him pointing out who everybody was, so I can kind of put a face with the name and. Uh, yeah, that was helpful. Um, just, you know, at first a lot of guys look alike. And then as you go through the season, you start to differentiate guys. So uh, I'm really excited. I'm seriously, I'm, I'm even more excited this year than I was last year. You know, we've, we've got a base and we're making that base better. And we've got half the team or more coming in knowing generally the system and, and how Poulos works. Um, it's just going to be such a better start. And if the start is better this year and we finish the same, or if, if we start the same as last year and we ease up a little bit and then have a nice push for playoffs, like things can look very good. It's too early to say, but I like the way this, um, this roster has been built. So I'm excited and I hope you are too. Um, I'm not going to talk too much. I have an old interview. So at the end of the last uh, season, I wanted to catch some guys before they left. And I was able to catch Tomas Gomez and Joey Calistri. They were roommates. We talked about that throughout last year. Um, and I caught them before they left. Now, you guys probably know now that Tomas has, um, what, he had a second year on his on his uh, contract. And so he's here this year. I saw him yesterday at pre -training, pre training uh, the first training session. And Joey Calistri is now at Phoenix Rising. Um, dude went to one of the biggest clubs in the USL. 
and they're excited about them. They put out um, a video. The coach has been doing these videos about how tactically they're going to use their players or what they like in those players in past games. And so we talked about that Joey Calistri game. We all know it well, where he scored twice on his old team. I think he had another assist on, on Tulsa. So um, that was really exciting to see. I'm, I'm really excited to see what he does with Phoenix, a much more just naturally attacking team. They're going to have a little bit of a different setup um, this year. And so I'm excited to see the difference in his play. He's so good defensively that I think he did a lot of defensive stuff for us. And so I think perhaps he'll be repeating that or maybe he'll be freed up to do some more attacking this year. Either way, he'll be showing his quality, a uh, quality that we all know and love. And uh, obviously, we also know he's funny, and and we talk about all that in this interview. I will say this is the second interview that I did without realizing that one of my microphones was kind of broken and messed up. And so, I apologize. Joey's hard to hear, and it kills me because he says a lot of good stuff, but I wanted to post this anyway because uh, Tomas went through a lot of stuff last year, and that's really interesting that he talks about that. We also talked to Joey about how he was used tactically, and we talk about the team and what it'll look like next year and, and what happens in offseason. Just a lot of good stuff in this episode. Again, I'm sorry for the audio, but um, it'll be fixed from now on. Promise. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. I'll hit you guys up at the end. Enjoy. All right. Welcome to the show. I am with uh, two distinguished guests here from St. Louis FC, Joey Calistri on my left, Tomas Gomez. Tomas Ignacio Gomez put Ignacio on your back uh, on your back this season. Yes, I liked I did. it. Yeah. Is that uh, for any reason, or you just liked it? That was a tribute to my dad. Hell yeah. So that's his first name. It's my middle name, and I got league approval to have that. So. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't sure how that worked. So you yeah. have to get approval for yeah. that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, very nice, and we'll talk about that for sure later. Um, but Joey, first of all, how you doing? Doing fantastic. How Thanks you doing? for joining me. I talked to Tomas and. We're not going to do Tomas's history because we covered it in yeah. preseason. So go back and listen to that if you don't know about uh, Tomas and all he's done uh, previous to St. Louis, which is quite a bit. Uh, but Joey, let's talk about you first, since uh, I haven't talked to you before. Uh, you started out in the Chicago Fire System with the Academy. Take us from there, man. Yeah, um, I guess I got there kind of late. I started playing for the Academy like halfway through my junior year of high school. And then, hmm. Uh, didn't play too much my junior year, but I, I committed to Northwestern University. And senior year, we had we had the number one academy team in the country. We didn't lose a game all year, and I was the leading scorer. But I was coming off the bench every game. So we had oh, crazy. a guy who was signed with the first team, Kellen Gully, was our starting forward. He played the first like 55, 60 minutes, and I think he ended up with like six or seven goals, and I ended oh, up no. with like, like 20 goals. Oh my god! Just come in the last 30 minutes, and we like. Wore a team down, and I was just getting behind. That guy hated you, right? No, he was—he was hilarious. That yeah, means we, he's too nice. <laughs> no, he's not, he's not. We had—we had a good—we had a, a talented squad. That's good, because yeah. I've talked to more than one striker that's like, yeah, my coach would pull me off in the 60th minute, and then someone yeah. would come in and score after yeah, I worked I mean, so hard. If you're getting pulled off, you better hope the guy's scoring at least. So. That's true. Um, that's true. But yeah, no, we had a good team, and then it's awesome. Played at Northwestern for uh, for four years. Had a had a blast there. We had some some good teams, and then was uh, actually signed. Before I signed with the fire, I interned with their communication department. So I like to say that I'm the first, cool. first intern to sign with the first team. Hey! Um, just um, <laughs> but yeah, no, so it was fun. And then uh, rookie year, uh, rookie year went really well. I played in, I think, like 16, 16 17 games with fire. I uh, kind of played, you know, a, a different number of positions outside mid, attacking mid, second striker, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, had a, had a goal and did pretty well. And then second year didn't go 
didn't go how I thought it would. I went into preseason trying to, you know, think that I would hopefully fight for a, for a starting spot. Yeah. Um, but you know, from from day one, it seemed like they had other plans. So I was when I when I was playing like second or third string left back and oh, and uh, in practice, I was like, okay, probably gonna get loaned out or something. So, yeah. So that ended up happening, and you know, it was frustrating at first just because I I didn't feel like I got a fair shot, but. You know, at the end of the day, that's how it goes. Yeah. Um, so I had to make the most of it in Tulsa, and I, and I had a blast there. And we had a good, talented team. So we yeah, you did. The playoffs for the first time there. Playoffs for the first time here this year. So hey, I can't complain. Oh man. Um, so first of all, how did you get scouted? I mean, it's unusual for you to play in high school and then go straight to an academy system like that. So yeah. So I played for the the Fire Club team. Okay. Fire North club team for a little bit. Gotcha. So for like a year after playing for like more of a local club team. Um, and I knew a guy who had worked with the academy, who worked for the academy. That's how I found my way there. And uh, Northwestern, I've always had like a connection to. These two of my, two of my high school teammates that were two years older than me went there. So they were always trying to get me to go there. And it was a pretty easy choice. I mean, it was a good school. Sure. And good school, good program. Um, yeah, I forgot you did the communications thing too. Yeah. You said you were an intern before you got signed? Yeah. That's so yeah. funny. So I, I wanted to uh, finish my degree before. There's a lot of times it's like you get signed after your senior season. It's in December. So you yeah. can't. All you guys don't have a chance to finish their degree. They end up going back. But I was like, you know, screw that. If I'm here, I'm going to try to, to finish as quick as I can. So I, I did a, an internship at the fire while I was training with the uh, First team in the PDL, and uh, it worked out perfectly, so I was able to get my degree. And I assume they put the homegrown tag on you? Is that yeah. how they, okay. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So at that point, you were, did they put that on you before you went to the draft, before yeah. you could go yeah. to the draft? Okay. Yeah. So it was interesting, we, me and Drew Connor, who also played here, yeah. um, we were at like the same boat where we, our senior season was over, the fire, we're still looking for their coach, they just signed a new coach. All right. Uh, so and we were just like waiting to see if anything was going to happen with us. Yeah. You know, when we were held off the list for the combine, we we're like, okay, hopefully that's a good sign, but we still haven't heard anything. Yeah. Um, so basically, like, eventually we found out that we were, we were both kind of signed this week. Okay. I'm blanking on, on his name. What's the coach's name? Uh, Ponovich. Yeah. thank you. Um, so he was there the first year you played. Okay, so I was wondering if that was the difference between year one and year two. Yeah, it was not. Yeah, Damn. For some reason it just you know, didn't work out. But yeah, yeah, I got you. Another plan, so. Yeah, lot. right on. Uh, d d you probably follow Drew. Yeah. How did he oh, yeah. do this year? I didn't follow yeah, he very my roommate. well. He, uh, he did well. I mean, he played a decent amount at right back at the beginning of the year. They moved him to the center a little bit and he played a little bit there. Um, cool. I mean, he's he's done well when he's played, so we'll see yeah. we'll see what happens. But yeah, he did well here as well, yeah, obviously. So um, that's good to hear. Um, let's talk about the season this in St. Louis, right? We're gonna skip a little bit and go straight to that. Um, Tomas, why don't you just get us started? Like, obviously you were injured in the beginning, um, but let's talk about like what it was like getting into preseason with this group with a new coach and new players. Like, how did that go? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think. Any time that you're starting a team from scratch, you don't really know how it's going to go. Mm. And I think once preseason came around, most of the guys, like you could tell, we all could get along. And that's huge. And yeah. preseason, I think, was Florida for a couple weeks. And like, you know, the banter was great within the team. And we kind of knew that this team on paper could do damage in this league. And, you know, obviously the first half of the season, you know, results weren't really going our way sometimes. and. I think we were hovering around the same like place with points that the previous couple years had been. Yeah. And then, 
you know, the second half of the season goes, and that's when we kind of turned up. And I think when we got into the playoffs, I don't really think most teams wanted to play us. Yeah. And obviously playoffs didn't go the way we wanted it to, but, you know, we were hitting some pretty good form towards the tail end, and we had a few injuries, which kind of hurt us at the end, but at the same time, you know, to go from a new team to the midway point and be like, okay, we're doing all right, we're still in the playoff hunt, we're not far off because, you know, we knew that this was always going to be in our control. Like, I think the last, I don't know how many number of games, but we knew every game was like a championship, like a cup final. Like, we wanted to win that game. It wasn't like looking ahead three games, looking ahead five games. So, no, and I think minus the, the hiccup in the playoffs, I mean, we achieved a goal that had never been done here, and that's yeah. huge. Indeed, and in the first year too. So, yeah. uh, Joey, talk about preseason and, and the early part uh, when you came in, like, this is your first venture as a as a pro player outside of the system that you were obviously like just like handed into obviously with the homegrown tag and everything. So you took a took a chance on St. Louis. So like why St. Louis? And tell us about early early days with St. Louis. Yeah, I mean I, I had a blast in preseason. I think uh, you know for me I was obviously looking for teams in the off season and you know I, I was put in contact with Ant and we talked for a good amount of time and I, I, I really really loved what he was trying to build here because that's you know me as a player I want to play somewhere where where the coach wants guys that are bought in and where guys are on the same page and you know that's that's what we have here which is you know as a player it makes it more fun to be a part of. Yeah. So what were some is that are those the hot buttons where you talked and those were the things that stuck out? Like what are the things did Pulis kinda talk yeah, to you I about? Mean, a lot of the talk was was about the culture that he wanted to build and, and you know I told him that, you know, from a player standpoint that's perfect and you know, I think I'm a player that fits that because I you know would like to do whatever I can to help yeah. the team get to where we want to be and I think that's important because I think we have a lot of guys that have that mentality and I think that's basically, you know, what he was going for and I think it, it paid off. I think so too. Um, it was easy to see that throughout the season, and I keep like trying to like poke players like, what went wrong this year? Like, who was the asshole? And like, no one's like, no, no one. We really <laughs> didn't have an asshole. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Which is good. Usually, you know, you like, have, I've never been problems. on a team where you don't. But we really did, yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. So um, I'm gonna ask you both this, but we'll start with you, Tomas. About um, obviously you went from Lily to Pulis, yeah. and we were talking about how we knew that was gonna be different, right, yeah. from the get go. But can you talk about what Poulos is like as a coach versus your, your previous experiences, even at Georgetown. Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the things you can get to know from him right away is he's very serious about his job and his passion. Like, he wanted to bring, a, make this a culture here, unlike some other USL teams where you know the turnover rate's very high, where not a lot of guys stick around. Like, he wants to build something here knowing that the fan base is huge, because I'm not going to lie, the fan base here, you don't see that in USL. It's how crazy they are about soccer, how much they follow the team even when we're, we're not great. Like, they yeah, stuck yeah. around for four years. I think with Anthony, we knew, like, he had a plan of what he wanted to achieve here, and he knew it's a process. The biggest word was process the whole year. Like, you're not gonna achieve success overnight. You're gonna go through bumps in the road. There are gonna be low points in the season where you're just sitting there scratching your head. You're gonna get injuries and stuff like this. Yeah. I think the whole time, like, he, he made sure that we had to keep believing that this is gonna happen. And you know, everyone's you know, he instilled faith in everyone and you know, towards the second half I feel like that's when things started to go our way and it really showed. Mm -hmm. But no, I mean for him, he's you see it out on the training ground, he, he always wants us to give our all. He doesn't let people take, you know, like moments off because which is huge. I mean, he's yeah. a very professional coach. So. 
at what he's 33 something. Yeah, I know he's younger than crazy, me. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. He definitely puts up an, an aura of being older than he is yeah. as far as coaching. But um, I imagine he does that on purpose. But um, yeah, like. There had to be, even as a fan, we got worried, like, because you get worried of the guys that say it's a process, and then yeah. it's bad and bad and bad and bad, yeah. and luckily that, that flip, that switch was flipped. Yeah. So, um, were you guys getting nervous at any point? Like, oh, Lord, we're going to do our best for this guy, but it could have fallen through, yeah. you know what I mean? So, like, Joey, can you talk about that? Yeah, I mean, there, there are definitely points in the season where you're like, damn, like, it's not going our way. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, it, it may sound a little cheesy, but from the beginning, we said that we're going to have to trust the process. And, yeah. and you know, we, we bought into that. You know? That's and awesome. I think that's the difference is that a lot of times you can say stuff like that, but you don't really back it up with how you train and how you go about your business. But here we did, and I think... You know, obviously you have you have doubts during the season stuff like that, like and bad patch of the form, but but we we never thought we wouldn't come out of it, and that's the genuine truth. I think it's really impressive, to be honest. Like I guess you guys are a little less beaten down than the fans because uh, this is the first time yeah. you've been here. But like seriously, I mean, uh, to have faith like that in a coach, that's that's not just saying something about the coach. That's something about you guys as well. Yeah. That's really cool that you guys stuck it out like that, and, and it did pay off. Obviously, uh, in my opinion. Um, but Joey, same question for you. Like, how does Pulis compare to other coaches you've had so far? Because we were just talking about Panovic. Um, I forgot his name, but yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I was right. I think uh, you know, from from a player management standpoint, it was more enjoyable playing for Ant just because he's, you know, you, you felt in Chicago you don't feel comfortable going up to him and, and you know having a conversation. With him. It's kind of sure. You know, you kind of like he's more you know on his own. You don't really want, feel like you can have a genuine conversation with him. Mm -hmm. but, but with Ant, you're like you're more comfortable to go up to him. And, um, you know, I think obviously like he's a younger coach. So I think that's one of his strengths is being able to be relatable with the players and stuff like that. Yeah. He's played and he's like knows like what we're going through and stuff like that. So makes sense. So I think that was a really important. Piece. Yeah. As an aside, maybe it's a Serbian thing. We'll yeah, move on yeah, from there. Yeah. All right. Yeah, um, awesome. <laughs> um, so, Tomas, I really have been curious because um, you had a really rough go where you got injured early and, and you guys, like, I think I talked to you even, like, right after it happened where you guys kind of drew a line in the sand and were like, listen, I could try to push through this yeah. or I could just get the yeah. surgery now yeah. and try to come back when it, when it really counts. Yeah. And looking back, obviously that was the right decision, yeah. right? But even even after you came back, you came back a little sooner than I expected personally. Um, and then Jake got a few turns, and then you came back. Can you talk about that situation a little more? Yeah, I mean, what it's like to be a goalkeeper yeah. at USL. No, I mean, obviously, I was very excited to come back here and sign. You know, I was excited to come and play for a team that had never made the playoffs like mm -hmm. that. The new challenge was always something attractive to me, and also like the chance of having my family come to games was yeah. huge. So, and for me, finding out that I needed to get surgery, which was my first surgery ever, I was like, kind of like, well, all right, we'll see how this goes. Okay, I'm gonna be out till whatever. Like, when you're trying to plan months in advance, it's very tough because you're, you're going day by day and you're like, when is this, when am I gonna see strides, you know? And credit to St. Louis FC for sticking with me because I know when injuries like this happen, People get, like, Cincy, there was a situation where right. the guy's contract got cut up into shreds, and, you know, they... I didn't think about that. They knew, and you never know with the surgery, especially something that takes months to come back from. You don't know if they're going to be the same, if they're going to be able to play to the level they can. And, no, I mean, 
when I when I first got back and played, it was it was an amazing feeling to be back out there and be a part of the team. Actually, I mean, I was always there in the locker room and stuff, but it's different when you can't train and you're just there. Yeah. But then when you get like back in the team, it's good and like. Yeah, I mean, the first couple of games, I was a little rusty and, you know, the sharpness wasn't quite there, but it was coming. And, you know, I went through a bad spell mid, I want to say mid to late June, early July, but to be completely honest, I had stuff going on off the field that I was trying to balance with that I'd never had to deal with in my life. Sure. So, and then I went through the spell of not playing and, you know, that's, that's very difficult. It was very hard to come back here and w when I chose to come here over some pretty good options and you're not playing in a city where you know a lot of people. You see fans at games that you know from when you were a kid. And that was, that was a humbling moment and it's, the way I saw it at that moment was it's, it's another form of adversity. I've had to go through it in my professional career so much now, even stuff off the field. Like there's ways to handle it and there's ways to learn. And I mean for me it was just to keep pushing on, making sure in training that I wasn't going to just, you know, Jake had gone on the school playing four games in a row, I was just going to fold over and call it, I mean, there was still a lot to play. And, you know, I knew that in my head, I was like, I'm one one save away from hitting form, one good save away from hitting form. And like, I had that the whole time while I wasn't playing. And then I found out the news I was gonna play against Fresno. And I was like, look, like, what's the worst that's gonna happen now? Like, and I felt I had a pretty good, pretty solid game and I had the save that I wanted. Good. And that kind of brought me into having a strong finish to the year. And I mean, like the biggest thing as a goalkeeper is you want the coach's trust. You know, when a, that's why you see keepers like De Gea, you see all these keepers that go through bad spells, but they keep playing during it because the coach trusts them. You're a goalkeeper, like you see mistakes all across the board at the youth levels, at the highest level in the World Cup. But, you know, those coaches know that if they stick with them, they instill confidence in that keeper. And, you know, when you're playing kind of free, that's when you play your best. And credit to Ant when I was coming, I didn't think I'd come back as early as I did. Yeah. But he, when he, you know, basically was like, look, Tomas, we're going to go with this. It, it gave me a lot more confidence and let me achieve what I wanted to achieve. And like, from a statistical standpoint, yeah, you can say this year didn't, didn't go as it has in the other couple years that I've had. But at the same time, this is a completely new team. It's yeah. a new system, new coach, like everything's new. And like, I would rather have make the playoffs any day of the week than have win Golden Glove and we're, we're goalkeeper of the year and we don't make the playoffs. Like for us, like I'm always someone that I want the team to do better than myself. Like obviously we all have personal goals, but anyone can agree with this and say that if you're only as good as your team. If your team does well, you look good. If your team's bad, it doesn't matter if you're the best player on the team, you know? And I think this, this year was definitely a, a new experience for me, having to overcome an injury, but ultimately it was, it was, there was no better feeling that I've had since playing in a national championship than when that final whistle blew and we made the playoffs because yeah. it, was, it was a great time for all of us. I know we were all excited, we were all <laughs> getting amped up for it, but yeah. yeah. That was, was a good feeling for yeah. me as well. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. Um, so yeah, let's talk about that because um, you know, you talked about different situational, yeah. you know, things happening with where you play and how you play. And, and I've been really curious because, <clears throat> Joey, you talked about, or I, I asked you earlier about playing wingback, you know, so I think two games against Tulsa. Is that it? Uh, Did you yeah, get more than Sacramento, that? Sacramento, Sacramento, I played. I haven't gone back. 
Yeah, so you, there was a lot asked of you defensively for sure this year in this system, it's at least seemingly. So uh, I'm kind of curious, like, you hadn't played wing back per se, like for Chicago. Can you just talk about like all the positions you do play and, and what it's like playing that for different teams in different situations? Yeah, no, I think uh, one of my one of my strongest characteristics is that I'm I'm able to play a lot of different positions on the field. Mm -hmm. um, so when I went to Chicago for my first preseason, the first three or four games of preseason, I was playing right back, which I'd never done before. But it was an experience, and I and I think I learned from it. So you know, I think you know, outside back, either either wing, uh, underneath the striker, the striker, which I played my whole my whole career until until I was a pro. Um, you know, I think I'm comfortable in pretty much all those positions, um, which, you know, at the end of the day, it just boils down to what, what the team requires and, you know, hopefully you can fill that role. Uh, without a doubt. Um, one thing I forgot to tell you before we hit record uh, is that I always, like, the Herzog at the, as the 10, I, I don't know if that was a thing for real as far as what you guys were planning, but it wasn't going well as far as him scoring goals. Um, so I always wanted to see you in that position, or because you played yeah. that in college, yeah, and, and yeah. the fire tested yeah. you out here yeah. at there once in a while. So I was always curious what it would look like if you did that. You never quite played that role this year, did you? Not really. I mean, I think for the most part, we, we stuck with two forwards up top yeah. most of the season, um, which, you know, I think it comes down to uh, personnel we have and stuff like that. Sure. But, yeah, you know, I mean, if, if you were to, you know, want to get a slot in there for, for a couple games or something like that, I think, you know, I would have been able to, but at the end of the day, whatever he thinks is the best foundation that we're going to I just put you in an awkward position. That was no, me being not, armchair no, quarterback. Not, yeah, <laughs> but I was always curious yeah. what it would be like yeah. I, I, if you did do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's really interesting the the dynamic as far as like you guys have to choose your teams as much as they choose you, you know what I mean? And, and I'm sure both of you quite possibly had multiple options before this year and maybe uh, options going into the next year as well. Um, but it's important to kind of choose a team and it affects your future. Just picking the, you know, the system you're about to play in yeah. where like, Tomas, you played for, um, obviously it was good for you to play under Lily yeah. uh, for um, the Rhinos. And um, every Rhinos goalkeeper actually seems to kind of get yeah. a little step, you know what I mean? Yeah. A little boost uh, because you're in a really good system for a goalkeeper. Yeah. So we talked about what if you had to play for Los Dos this year? Yeah. Who, who would, I mean, a great attacking team, but for goodness sake, they had to let up a lot of goals by doing that as well. So yeah. can you kind of tell me about that? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the crazy thing with goalkeepers. There, there's some games you're doing nothing and you have one moment that you have to be very focused on or else you get scored on. That can be the only thing you do. And yeah. then there's some games that you're literally having to make 10, 10 saves and you're you're all over the place, but that's in with Los Dos. It's it's different as a goalkeeper because you know that you're getting loaned down there. You're it's it's more development than it is results yeah. oriented. So you're going to a game just like okay, I'm just going to do the best I can. There's no added pressures of this team wants to make the playoffs. You have a fan base. You have all these people that care, pay to go to these games. Yeah. And I think as a goalkeeper, when I mean, there's been teams I played on, whether it's PDL, whether it's even in high school, when you know you're going to give up goals, there's there's no pressure, so yeah. you, you basically can, you do your best to keep the number low, but like in Rochester, we, we wouldn't really give up much, and you knew that you would have to obviously be tuned in and be ready because that one moment, that's the difference between, between yeah. conceding and not, but no, I think, I think this year there were times that there was both aspects, there were some games where I had to do a lot, 
and we didn't necessarily win those games. And then there were some games I didn't have to do anything. Yeah. But it's being able to balance that because that's the people like goalkeeper coaches will always say this, and coaches will say it. You know you did your job when you're not doing anything because that means you're organizing everyone else and everyone else is doing things they need to do. When you're seeing a lot of action, there's stuff that you can, you know, tell the defenders, you know, get basically the message across to them that can kind of block that. But sure. I mean, yeah, and it's interesting as a non-goalkeeper, yeah. not soccer player in general. Really, it really impresses me the games where you do nothing all game, and then in like the 90th minute, you're like, yeah. gotta be like finding, yeah. you know, blocking that really crazy shot. Yeah. So you know, it's really impressive. It, it goes both ways, kind of like yeah, what you said no, there. Exactly. Um, but yeah, like same for you, Joey. Like you've now played for St. Louis FC under Pulis, under A Pulis, right? So there's like. This like thing that is now labeled to you in a certain way, where like, yeah, Joey's a two-way player. He can play defense. He's maybe even you know considered less of an attacker. So is that something like, you're, like that's good, but it's also a little scary. Like, are you going to be considered an out-and-out attacker in the future? Is that something you'll miss out on? You know, is that something that goes through your mind? Is what I'm asking. Yeah, I mean, like maybe to a tiny extent, but at the same time, you know, I think you know. I, I've proven that I, you know I, I can play both ways, and I think that's just part of my game. You know, no matter sure. where, where I, wherever I go, that'll be part of my game. I'll mm -hmm. never just you know take plays off and cheat and try to attack. But but you know at the end of the day, it's you know it comes down to what team you're playing on, and that's when you have to find a good match. And I think that's what happened here because you know, yeah. the way I play suits suits the way we play. I think. I just love that you said cheat and try to attack more. So what does that look like? Because that's not something well, I mean, everyone there, notices. There are teams that, you know, the wingers literally just stay high. They don't yeah. worry about defending overlapping outside backs. They don't worry about helping out their outside back. Yeah. Um, and that's not, how, that's not how we play. So, I mean, yeah. you know, I think a lot is asked of, of our wingers and, uh, and our midfielders. In yes. In terms of defending, getting back, doubling down on their wingers and, and you know, doing a good job there. And then, yeah. You know, I mean, sometimes maybe that makes it tougher to, to get forward, but at the same time, you know, I think if you're fit enough, which I think our guys are, you, you're able to do it. Yeah. That's huge for, like, St. Louis fans to realize, you know, is, like, maybe people were upset that goals didn't happen, yeah. but you guys had, like, talk about your defensive responsibility under Polis. Is that a big deal for him? Yeah, I mean, you know, we, our biggest thing is that we're very, like, our whole group is very, like conjoined, we're very tight. Like we're not getting beat through the middle. We're we're very close to each other. The guy next to you, and then they go wide, and then you go out and pressure the ball. Mm. And if they knock it around their back line for five minutes, that's fine. Yeah, it's not a big deal. Yeah. As long as we keep our shape and they don't they don't break us down, that's what matters. So, yeah, it's good that even USL commentators realized it by the end of yeah, the season. Yeah, I think so, even yeah. in uh, yeah. the OC game, or no, it was one when you guys were playing Swope that last time. Okay, it was like I think you were ahead already. I can't remember, yeah. but. Um, they were knocking it around the back and you guys were up or something and yeah, they were like, you know, St. Louis will deal with this all day long. Yeah. So they can keep doing this, no big yeah. deal. I had a little pride for you guys yeah. when, yeah. when they said that. A lot of running, but it works, so. Yeah, <laughs> right. You guys know about the running. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so we talked about all the business things. Is there anything else you want to say about the season? I guess we should talk about playoffs for sure because obviously we went out in a fashion that like a lot of St. Louis fans feel cheated. I think that's fair for me to say that. Um, um, first of all, we got there, so yeah. that's awesome. And um, then we went out the way we didn't want to. And Tomas, like, let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, when we had uh, clinched the playoff spot and all the standings were set, we actually were pretty, pretty happy with the matchup we were getting because 
We had played. Would you like another one? We had, uh, sure. We had played OC twice this year and tied them. So we basically shown we could play with them both both home and away. And I think you know we conceded early on a goal that there was a few mistakes that had, had occurred, and we still felt fine because yeah. we had done this twice before. Mm. So and then obviously in the 20th minute, you know a foul gets called and then a red card gets thrown out there, and we're all like kind of in the back of our minds, kind of like, oh shit. You know, like it's on the road, it's a playoff game. We didn't really know the extent of what the red card was for and we're thinking like, why would a ref do that? You know, that changes the game. When you know you have to play down a man for 70 minutes while chasing a goal. We're 0-0, it's a different. In the first round of the playoffs on top of that. And I think after that, obviously the second goal, I I put the blame all on myself for that. And then we're down 2-0 within, what, 30 minutes, and it's very difficult to come back from that. And, like, we had our, I think, 13 goals was on the bench with, or not on the bench, with Kyle Gregg being out injured. And then also Wall was, wasn't healthy. Like, it, it may have been a different game if we had been down a man and yeah. had everyone healthy. But, you know, that's just up for speculation. But I think it, it just was very difficult for us when that red card happened and then the second one happened because we like, you know, like this was a game that we knew we, if we played them straight up, we could get a result. Yeah. You know, 4-0, I don't think the scoreline really showed what that game should have been. No. It was, it was an anomaly based off a red card. That yeah. was the second red card of the year for us. So. Oh, that's crazy. The part that sucks is there's so many what ifs that we, that, yeah. that, that, we, that we're all saying. You can always say. Yeah. What if we went down a man when there was no no? What if, you know, we didn't go down a man and there was only one yeah. no? Like, sure. And, and all these things run through your head. And honestly, it's just motivation for next year. It is. I mean, and we're going to think about that for and, a while. I mean, we, we honestly thought that we wanted to take it game by game, but we're like, okay, based off the seating, like, you know, the only team that has really proven that they can beat us twice is Phoenix, okay? We wouldn't be playing them until 100%. like a Western Conference final, so you could build up to it, but obviously you take it game by game, and like most of us are not, there's kind of a, a bitter taste in our mouth to go out like that, but at the end of the day, we did achieve the playoffs, and most of us obviously, you know, in, in future St. Louis years, the goal isn't just to make the playoffs anymore, yeah, right. it's to actually maybe win the championship, because yeah. the city is crazy about soccer, and with all of the momentum of all this stuff going on now, like, Winning a playoff game is obviously the next step, yeah. but I think all of us think that a team, we, we have the guys to actually probably win a championship. I mean, Cincinnati, if you look at it, they spent the most money by a lot. Yeah. And granted, they had a scare against Nashville, shouldn't have beat Nashville, and then <laughs> lose the Rebels to at home. Like that team should have, based off the season they had, should have won the championship off the figures that they yeah. had spent. But I mean, it just shows soccer can be cruel sometimes. Side, yeah. Sometimes you can, you win when you shouldn't win, and sometimes yeah. you lose, and you get blown out when it shouldn't be like that. Yeah. But that's that's what happens with this business. Yeah, it's professional sports in general, right? Uh, tell me, Joey, a little more about like the playoffs and how you felt about that game. Yeah, I mean, like like you said, we were we were confident going in the game. We all we all felt good, and we liked the matchup we had. And, yeah. You know, playing in Orange County, you know, we our, our last game there during the season two two. Honestly, probably could have. Uh, could have beat them, I think. I think we, yeah. we had a really good game there at yes. home. Similar thing. Um, I'd say they looked worse against you guys than a lot of other games. Yeah. Like, yeah. I followed yeah. OC pretty no, closely because I like good, them. I mean, they're a very good team. Yeah. They're a very good team. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with them and uh, 
Yeah, without Phoenix. Phoenix, yeah, but I know. That's gonna be a good game. Let's talk about that shortly. Okay. Yeah. What do you guys think about Phoenix versus OC? To me personally, I think OC is the type of team, kind of like Swope was a little closer than I thought it yeah. would be. Yeah. I feel like they're the kind of team like that could get Phoenix. Yeah. Because yeah. they're I, like, I, I don't know. It's tough to say. I'd agree, yeah. but Phoenix has a lot of fire. Dude, they're so yeah. good. Like, the the guys they have, yeah. if they if they get two goals plus. I mean, they, they give up goals. I will yeah. say Phoenix, a couple of their playoff games, yeah. no, mm -hmm. the second one they gave up two to Slope. But, I mean, if they if they get on a hot foot early, I mean, Just, that, uh, that team's dangerous. It feels like it's lining up to be Dragon's playoffs. Yeah, it's going to be Dragon's playoffs. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I don't, last year as a pro. Probably. I know, that's true. He's going to so, go out on a... He's going to want it. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Yeah, that's a good so, I mean, point. Who knows, but... Yeah. What yeah. makes Phoenix so hard? They got us. Is it is part of it like they're a good matchup for our kind of the team? Kind of like we're a good matchup for OC in a way? Or what makes them so I good? would say they just, honestly, they're just so open. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. And the offensive players yeah. they have are playing fast, roles of being attacking players. Strong. Yeah, exactly. You know? I mean, they have athletic strong is something yeah, that we latch onto a lot. They're, yeah, they're, they're fast. And honestly, strong, yeah. I think they're front front five has pretty good chemistry with yeah. knowing where guys are at, knowing yeah. where to put the ball. I mean, they all can shoot. Yeah. You can tell, like, Dragovic yeah. can shoot from 40 yards. <laughs> yeah. So it's like... Like, he lost his legs in the game against you guys, but... Yeah, but he can still he hit still, the ball. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, he hits it better than anyone in this league because yeah. that yeah. ball is not just as... You see it the whole way. It's moving, it's knuckling, there's no spin on it. Like, yeah. I mean, the goal he scored against Portland on a free kick you got to ask questions about the goalkeeper, but that no. thing had a lot of movement. It did, but I think, I always thought, I thought it was the pace, because yeah. at one angle it looked like it was an insanely yeah. good hit into the corner, and then the other angle behind yeah, Drogba, show that he, it was actually kind of right at the, the middle, keeper. Yeah. Yeah. I think he tried to box it away, should have done okay. better, but I mean, when we when we do film on these teams, like I've seen his goals even in an MLS, and MLS keepers can't can't say that. And these are in the yeah. same spots, like yeah, yeah. shots that you yeah. should do better with because of how it moves. These guys are like, what? That's cool to get your opinion on that. That's yeah. cool. And that was also to be uh, to be clear, that was their third string keeper. I think he was a teenager. Yeah. So that was yeah. a weird game because I, I don't remember what happened to the other two. Um, but yeah. anyway, that was their third string. Yeah. Um, so, damn, there was something else I wanted to ask you guys while we were talking about that. Um, blanking, so we're gonna move on. So I uh, wanted to ask you, we're going to talk about like fun stuff now yeah. instead of just St. Louis. Yeah. I want to talk about Golden Glove with you yeah. um, because on the USL show, which this is for the USL show, yeah. and um, Evan Newton won and I was pretty upset about it. I think yeah. a few of my colleagues were on that show as well. So like Tomas as a goalkeeper, how do you feel about the Golden Glove? You've won it Twice? Yeah. yeah, you've won it twice. So how do you feel about the deciding factors and, and did well, Evan deserve it? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's it obviously goes to the keeper who I think you have to play 50% of the games and it's the lowest goals against. And I mean, I felt really bad when Dan Lynn from Pittsburgh didn't didn't get it this year and it came down to a goal you can see in the 90, 90th plus minute where it would have been his, which would have been Bob's fifth in a row. Mm. And I think, you know, it's it's crazy to think that a keeper for Cincinnati that hasn't played in a while, but because he met the threshold of he's played 50% of the games, like you know it's tough. But credit to him, like I I watched Evan Newton play early on in the year. He had some massive performances, and he is a very good goalkeeper. Nice. I just think with the stuff that happened with 
I guess Richie hit form or something and the coach favored that. He went that way, but it's it's a tough, I mean, Golden Glove's different than Goalkeeper of the Year. Goalkeeper of the Year looks yeah. at it all around where, how are they do with shutouts, how they do with save percentage. Like it's not necessarily, a, like I said, your goals against, because if you look at the guy from Ottawa, he, had, he broke the record of shutouts in the season with 15, and he had like an overall one goals against average, but he played very well for them, so. And in the beginning of the season, they had defensive issues. So that's yeah. even more yeah. saying something. They, yeah. I mean, I think they had like eight shutouts in a row or some yeah. some crazy number. But I think, you know, I felt really bad when Dan didn't get it because I know he wanted to and he was very, very, very close. And like I said, it's, it's and some people are going to be mad at the fact that Evan Newton won and didn't play in the playoffs for him. And yeah, that was a while. weird thing but, for sure. You know, the league decides to go with that. Those are the kind of the formula right yeah, the mathematical the formula, formula yeah but no i mean credit to him though he did have a good the games he did play was, he was good for them yeah so. cool um joey i want to talk about tulsa because this is like kind of like a favorite topic of mine next baby i always talk about it a little too much when it comes up um and i almost forgot to talk about it but you were at tulsa all year last year and dude that lineup was insane if you look at like where those guys have gone since then and like their performance outside of tulsa and even inside of tulsa same for you you had a great year last year man so like how why what happened we we had a when you look back on it we had a very talented very talented team Mm -hmm. and uh i mean we didn't we didn't have the discipline uh, that we have here i think that was (laughs) the only the biggest difference honestly we you know for the most part you know the it wasn't as organized in terms of coaching staff and stuff like that. Um, they weren't as as structured as, as it is here by any means. But, sure. but you know, at the same time, we had we had good players and we could we could do some some fun stuff out there. That was, was a, it was a lot of fun to be part of. That's actually good. You know, like I'm sure you were like I would be. Yeah, and this is no like nothing against you for feeling that way if you did but I would be really disappointed to have to go from the fire to Tulsa yeah you know but it ended up at, being kind of cool at first I was yeah at first yeah. it's like damn like you know I expected to be you know having a role at the fire and stuff like that and sure. I thought that's what I deserved but you know after a while you just gotta embrace it you know your career's too short to be miserable so yeah, yeah. so you know and, and we had a good group of guys we got along really well so we awesome we made the most of it you know we embraced the, the roughneck life and we, we had a good time roughneck life yeah. that's oh, good yeah. stuff oh yeah we still <laughs> talk like like every day like like a bunch of us so that's awesome yeah very good um so yeah that was a cool thing to talk about um let's also you guys live in the city that's what I wanted to talk about. I love that you guys live in the city. I'm, yeah. I'm always saying like AJ lived in the city with Tyler last year. And, um, so I love that you guys did that because you have the option. Where does it, I forget what part of town uh, the team puts you in. Ball, ball in, okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's a little different than the Central West well, End, yeah. which like we're very, in right now, difficult. right? Yeah. yeah, so you guys had some fun the other night. Like, yeah. let's talk about city life. Tomas, you want to start us off? Yeah, I mean, Grew up in Webster Grove, so that's suburbs. Mm-hmm. And you know, Joey, Joey coming from Chicago is like wanted to live downtown. I had never, obviously, lived down here, but sure. we're both single, so. <laughs> I mean, throw that in there. Perfect. I, I guess it makes. So I'm not it, editing it, that. It, that's it, good. It makes sense to be downtown, but oh. no, I mean, it's been it's been a fun fun experience, and I nice. think it's we've also gotten a different perspective of St. Louis being here as opposed to being in Baldwin and nice. being out that way. So no, oh, it's I've totally seen, different. Oh, yeah. it's, yeah. Most of the guys wish they lived here. So, yeah, right. Yeah. You know. So you got to warn them next year. We're going to have oh, a few yeah. more in the yeah. city next year? Well, probably. 
a few more Halloween parties next year. Probably. I, I hope mean, so. The, the, the block yeah. here gets shut down yeah. for Halloween. So. I wasn't expecting that. That was no, pretty cool, actually. Yeah. They did it pretty Yeah, pretty that's well. like I know about a lot of things in St. Louis, but I didn't know they did a block party yeah. here for the Halloween. Yeah, yeah. that was cool. They had like a, like a stage, a DJ, and everything. Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. awesome. Yeah. That's a good party. Yeah. I've been to a Vegas game, and it's actually similar. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. As a fan. Yeah. Yeah. You guys don't get to see that, yeah, but they have like, they have a DJ, they have like all kinds of kids game on games on top of that it's yeah. like a good party to be honest really? with you yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah so yeah. you know someday yeah. you guys might get to go to vegas and watch a game and Maybe. party yeah <laughs> instead of play yeah. you guys don't get any of that yeah. but yeah let's talk about the off season like what do you guys plan to do joe you're about to go back to chicago ish yeah. area yeah. right yeah this uh this weekend i'll head back i'm like 40 minutes north of the city but oh where uh, uh deerfield Deerfield, okay. Yeah, yeah. I would hang in Winthrop Harbor a lot as a musician. We're Winthrop Harbor. We're it's back. like the last stop before Kenosha. Really? On the commuter oh, train. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. It's even further north than yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah, okay. definitely, yeah. Yeah, so it's anyway. probably like 25 minutes away from where I'm from. But, oh, perfect. Yeah. So um, you're a lot closer to the city, so you go away yeah, a lot. Yeah, that would be perfect. And I have all my, all my friends from high school, a bunch nice. of college or, or living in the city, so. So it'll be fun to, to kick back a little bit and you know see some friends and yeah. get time with the family and everything. So that's definitely uh, it's always a good time. And time for Thanksgiving. Perfect time for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Good holiday season. Are you guys fun. so Calistri? I assume it's a, an Italian name. Oh yeah. yeah you kind of look Italian. Yeah. yeah so I mean, that was my, a good guess. My middle name is Vito. So. <laughs> no, what, for real? Yeah. Yeah. Not like oh that. man. So all my college teammates called me. So. <laughs> so yeah, it's good. Definitely slightly Italian. I love it. Yeah. So is it an Italian Thanksgiving or is it a totally American? Uh, I mean, so my my grandma is from Italy. She she cooks wow. usually most of the food. And she like. Oh my it's gosh. a classic, like, like four feet tall Italian grandma just oh like gosh. loves to cook all day and yeah. forces an espresso down your throat at eight o'clock when you're done with dinner. Like, <laughs> that's because she knows you drink Chianti all night. <laughs> <laughs> no, that sounds amazing. Yeah, so do you, no, you do like full on like is it spaghetti? Is it pasta or is it? Uh, we have a bunch of everything, man. We got some stuffing, ham, pasta, nice. tortellini usually. I'm geeky. Yeah. I'm a yeah. foodie. I'm yeah, yeah. We I got, love that. We, sort got, of we cover a lot of bases. That's awesome. Yeah, very cool. So invite me next year, maybe. All right, That's yeah, all I'm saying. Come all on. right, hey, everyone's welcome. All right, good. Yeah. Tomas, what are you doing in the off season? Oh well, my family's from here, so I'll, I'll be sticking around. I'll probably travel a little bit, you know, taking some time off, let the body heal up, mm. and then, you know, get back to work. Yeah. So how long do you take off? What do you? Uh. You get to not watch your like. You get to eat whatever the hell you yeah, want for a while. Yeah, it's more just a decompression okay. phase of the season. More mental just, than physical. Yeah, just kind of let the body, let the mind heal and then get back after a few weeks. So I'll probably start back up in a couple. Very nice. Oh, wow. In a couple weeks? Yeah. So I think I talked to someone last year that said the same thing. It just yeah. took like two or three weeks. Yeah. He was a little scared to take more than yeah. that. Yeah, to be honest. Like easing back into it. Yeah, yeah, for me the main thing is just let yeah. my body be yeah. good to go. Sure. So. Yeah. And then ramp it up as you get closer, obviously. Yeah. Very nice. Okay. So are you going to stay in Central West Center or are you going back to your family? Uh, well, Joey's leaving me, so. I guess it's kind of personal. Yeah. Sorry, no, I'll be, I'll be yeah. back in Webster for a little bit. Cool. Well, I want to talk about that because you're going to be back with your dad in that case, right? So tell me about your dad. I mean, you were talking about things that were happening behind the scenes. That wasn't just your injury you're talking about. You're talking about an injury and what your dad's dealing with. So, so yeah. tell us about that. Um, so roughly around the time that I was struggling on the field, 
and not it wasn't even t like that bad. It was just a few goals that I wanted back. Um, my dad got diagnosed with stage two Hodgkin's mm -hmm. lymphoma, and first thing we heard was it's cancer. So man, you don't know how to really react to that. But I did my research. We I went with him for his doctor visits, and they're like, look, like this is a very treatable and curable cancer, and you know. Based on that, I made the decision to get rid of my hair at the time, and then I also asked for league's approval to put the name on the back, just to give him any form of support system. And I think, you know, sometimes things happen, well obviously things happen for a reason. Yeah. I think me coming back here was more than just soccer, especially because I can't imagine the mental toll this would have taken if I was elsewhere. Oh and no, I mean, it's, and he, he's, Right now, the, the cancer's gone, but he had a scare recently where he was in the hospital for pneumonia, and this was going around, going, was happening along with like the last couple games. Was and it with chemo as yeah, well? It was, well, it was, or, the chemo had caused yeah. uh, the pneumonia in his lungs, and I mean, he was on a ventilator for seven days, so we were being prepped that he probably wasn't gonna make it, and I'm having to go to practice and play oh these games, gosh. and I'm very, I've always been very close to my dad, so that was a difficult time but you know, God gave us a miracle and he's, he's recovering now and he's at home, he's been at home for 10 days, so. That's amazing. But, no, I mean, that's why I said like in the grand scheme of things, I'm happy, like we made the playoffs. I'm relatively happy with how the year is gone and like I have these other things that I'm handling now, but. Probably yeah, I mean, I don't know if I could survive that, Man. but he, he, he's definitely doing it. So. Fighter, yeah. doing well. So things are yeah, looking things up are, right now. Things are, are looking good now. But maybe next time tell your dad, like, you know, timing-wise. Yeah, I mean, oh, the, <laughs> it's terrible, the, the, the man. I can't thing, imagine going through that. The crazy thing is he was on a ventilator for six days yeah. where he's on That's a paralytic it. and sedated where it's he's in a coma, so he can't really. And then it was there's been two games in my career that he's never called me and said either tough game or good game, and those were those uh. two. So that was very emotional. But yeah. the day after we had clinched, they had woken him up. So, and he was recovering from them. So he was present, like I could talk to him. And then the day after the playoffs ended, even though like the circumstance of how it happened, he got you know, discharged from the hospital. So, oh my gosh. You know, recently, it's, it took a turn from like, oh shit, I'm gonna lose my dad to now it's looking like, cause they, we didn't know how sick he was going into the hospital. Sure. And you know, they didn't know what was wrong with him initially. And then obviously that whole, situation occurred and we're all being told that the chances of him making it are very low and all this stuff and like you know I've, I'm the oldest uh, brother and I had to kind of prep my two younger brothers which that was very yeah, difficult but you know I was able to, to get the job done on the field for those last two and obviously in the playoffs like I tried you know minus two goals I, I was happy with you know the performance from an individual aspect granted I didn't want to lose for nothing I never liked to do that but Man, again, I can't. I can't imagine. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't realize it got that bad. Yeah, to be it honest was really with you. bad. And not that you should tell the world about that, but. Um, I mean, I'm an open person. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. I do, but that makes. What I mean is, it puts more meaning behind that picture, that video you posted of your yeah. dad, like wishing you the yeah. best in the playoffs. Like, yeah. no, I would have been was, bawling if I knew what happened. Yeah, I mean, that's it insane. Was, it was. It was difficult because. Yeah. You know, going and seeing him when he was struggling the week before he was ventilated was very difficult. And then obviously you're going and seeing someone that can't talk to you. But. Well, I'm really happy for you guys. Yeah. And, and thanks for sharing that. Um, we'll end on a, a much happier note. <laughs>
I don't know if I handled this perfectly, but I do want to end with uh, Joey. It was interesting. You said you're a communications major, and uh, you did the uh, internship with uh, the fire there, and then you got to take over uh, doing the post game oh, yeah. talk, right? Yeah, I think we might make it a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think yeah, it, fun, it should yeah. be a thing because you handled fun, yourself yeah. very nicely. As long as we don't lose, I'll do it. Yeah. You're right. After yeah. Lost, maybe not. You put that yeah. in your contract, yeah, maybe. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Only yeah. if we win. Yeah, it's fun doing it with Lou because I, I always tease him that like. They they have like six different names for their country. It's like the UK, Great Britain, and right. like which one is like different ones compete in the Olympics and both <laughs> like World Cup. Like what is the phrase you use? You you, you phrased it perfectly. A uh, man who is huh? can you repeat He's it? Like the, I said it was like the only only guy on the team from three different countries. Three, yeah. Like that, yeah. It like rolled off your tongue perfectly. Me, me, me and Lou are very good banter. Sweet. Yeah. All year we've had a good relationship. We can go back and forth for, for hours, honestly. Um, That's cool. So it, it was a good uh, it was a good interview. Lewis seems like one of those guys where he like is kind of the uh, like the aim of everyone's teasing, he's kind of, but he yeah. kind of likes it. He's fun to wind up. Yeah, he is. Yeah. And then he also seems to like he handles it well. Yeah, he responds. He probably well. got, got the most shit just because yeah. like how he handled yeah. it. He's, fun but he's also hilarious. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that's perfect. Yeah. Anyway, you did a great job. So there's gonna be more of that in the future. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, I think is so. Is that yeah. something like for real? Like. Is that something you did in college too? Because no, I know that I was your internship. Yeah, I mean, like, not really. No. I okay. Mean, uh, the internship was mostly just like transcribing interviews and stuff like that. Yeah, really, yeah, like yeah. nitty gritty work. Boring. Like, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's the worst. But uh, but no, I, I think that sounds pretty fun. I think it'd be cool. Yeah. Okay. Hope there's more of it. Yeah. Um, all right. Anything else you guys want to say? I'll give you each one more thing as far as like going into next year. I hope you're both back. I'm not just saying that because. Uh, I asked you to interview me, but I hope I, I see both you guys next year. Um, so, one last statement before we go, Tomas. Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to give credit to the fans this year for sticking with us. I mean, it, obviously, there were times that this looked like just another St. Louis FC team, and you know, basically the atmosphere was electric the last couple home games. I mean, that's why we seven won so much. Yeah. yeah, I think it was what seven in a row, and then tied the last one like. I mean that's that's credit to them. That's yeah. I mean you made our you made us want to play at home. So you know, nice. just thank you. Man. Yeah, no, it was it was fun. Again, touch on the fans. I mean, it's it was more of like more than fans in the team. It was you know we were we were basically one group. And you know after this stuff, I'm going to uh, I I owe a smoothie to one of our one of the Lulians because we bet on the Blues Hawks game. So I, yeah, I right. Buy our smoothie, <laughs> and you know, that's just it shows the kind of relationship that the team and the fans had this year. It's, Definitely. Well, thank you guys. Uh, appreciate you meeting me today. And Joey, I'm sorry I took so much of your time. You guys have a good one. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening, everybody. It is STL Soccer Report. <laughs> We are uh, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network, a network that um, we just added, the USL show added, you know, more or less a, a sister podcast. Uh, league One's a new league, so if you're interested in League One stuff, listen to our new podcast called League One Fun. I'm a part of it for a few episodes before we kind of hand the reins off to everybody um, over there in League One, and uh, boy, they're, they're already off to a good start. They, they know the league, and um, I was really impressed with how, how much they knew and, and what they were able to say and talk about, and so that's going to be a good thing for sure, and it's just starting, so I think it's going to get better and better and better as it goes along. I hope you'll give it a shot. Um, their feed, their last episode was on the USL show feed, and then this week 
It'll be on the their own feed. They also broadcast live Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. And then the USL show in the offseason is doing Thursday nights. I think every other Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, both of those links are on Twitter. And you can also subscribe to us on US on uh, the, on YouTube rather at the USL show and League One Fun. Um, all right. That's all I have. I do also, before we need to go, I need to say thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. We'll uh, be talking to you soon.